I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth, drafting the circuits, three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. No, you don't. No. no, that's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cop. Yeah. <sighs> he was Caucasian. All right, it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to The Booth. <laughs> and it's Sinister One. It is July 11th, and we were away for a couple of weeks. We wanted, you know, we enjoyed our Fourth of July. Uh, it's always kind of, it's actually kind of nice when the holiday falls on the day. You know, we can get that that day and spend time with you know family and friends. Um, and the Fourth, I actually spent time with family. Um, the kids were around the pool all day. The Fourth was a beautiful day, beautiful day, clear skies for fireworks. We went to Bridgewater to Legion Field to watch the fireworks there. Amazing, amazing fireworks show put on there on display. Um, I usually head into Boston to watch the fireworks, um, but I've yet to be able to talk to wife into going in to Boston um, to, to go in and just, you know, check them out. I've, I've always taken my kids in there. Um, it's a thing that my dad has done for years. Um, my dad raised us and going in to see the Boston Pops because my dad was a big Arthur Fiedler fan. Um and for those who don't remember, Arthur Fiedler was like, whew. when you talk about an orchestra leader, Arthur Fiedler was that guy back in the day. Um, when he passed away and it came time to fill his shoes, um, we ended up with, was it Seiji Ozawa was his name? Yep. Came That's afterwards. Him. And then when he retired, you know, we were blessed with two great 
technicians of, of, of the orchestra. Um, we were blessed with two great guys. And then I remember when Seje was stepping down, it was a big ado because they, they just didn't want anybody to step up and take that seat. And then the, this kid Lockhart come out of nowhere and he's been there. How long has he been there, Ken? He's been there for, he, he was young. 23 years. And he was real young. Cause I remember that was the big debate because yeah, because the, let's see, I graduated the, I graduated law school in 92. Yep. I graduated my – I got my LLM in 96, so it's been since 96. Keith Lockhart. 21. Yeah. 21 years. Keith Lockhart took over, and it was a big – I remember it was a big do about about him taking over because – He was not a popular guy. He was not a popular young. choice. Yep, they he was thought very he was, young. They thought he was too young and too inexperienced. I want to say he was in his 20s, wasn't he? Um, I, Late I, 20s? I, I don't know. Um. Honestly, uh, but he was young. He was yeah. very young. Yep. Hold on a second. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I want to say he was 28. He was born in 59. Uh, let's see. He was born that in 19. That makes him so, older than me. He's, yeah, so he's seven years older than me, so he's 57 right now. Uh, see, now I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up here. Yeah. Uh Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. Okay. Director of the Norris Orchestra. Blah, 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 Tokyo. All right. Um, oh, we did have John Williams for just a small stint while they were he was He was always a caretaker conductor. Everybody knew that. Yep. Williams was brought in just to, to take care of it while they found some infirmary. He didn't want to be the boss. He didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want He didn't want to. Um didn't want he didn't want the job permanently. He came in just as respect the respect for the orchestra. That's how much the Boston, Boston Pops Orchestra has um, respect in the community. People coming in just just yeah, nineteen ninety five. He became in in nineteen ninety five. So if he was born in fifty nine, he would have been uh, thirty six. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah he was young he was young, young guy. Yeah, he was I mean, real young. And then I remember people – I remember that first 4th of July that he had to, to do at the hat shell. I remember it was a whole big to-do. They were, they were waiting to see. Now, what, and what he did, he actually helped the Boston Pops bring in money because what Keith Lockhart did was he brought that youth yeah. to the Boston Pops. He started bringing in things that the younger people could identify with. Um, and and put at, to be honest, let's say he put asses in the seats at, yeah. at Boston Pop events. Well, he, he what he also well, one thing people don't give him enough credit for <clears throat> is he was a marketing genius. He marketed the Boston Pops to a new generation the way they mm. understand it. Yep. He was also the first person, <clears throat> and while the Boston Pops had always done the fireworks show, yes. He was the first conductor who synchronized the music with the fireworks. Yes, he that was. had never been done before. Yeah, they did. The, they, you know, they played music while the fireworks were in the background, but he was the first one to synchronize it, mm-hmm. which is now standard all over the world. But he was the first guy to do that, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. So he worked with the director of the fireworks, and they chose the music together, which was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And that's what you know. Of course, now that everyone does that today, they've got computerized and everything. But this was pretty. You know, massive computers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, um, it was a big deal, and, and he, he hasn't he he hasn't looked back. To be honest, no, no. 
he has also cut a lot of albums. He's also done a lot of the – one of the things he doesn't get credit for, and I think he should, is he created a Boston Pops Youth Symphony Organization mm-hmm. where they go in and they try to identify very young musicians to get them interested from especially what they call at-risk communities. And the Boston Pops Foundation, very, very you – know, unless you know it, you've never heard of it. It's the most important organization you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's as if the Boston Patriots started like a football camp that you never heard of. <laughs> you know, so Bill Belichick was running like you know football programs in the inner city to identify you know young promising football players. Man, yeah. so great, great stuff. It was a good, a good, good Fourth of July. What'd you do for the Fourth, though, Ken? I was out in Colorado with my family, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we could not go to the fireworks, but they were called off because of the dry conditions out west. Oh, because of the the brush fires. The brush fires, exactly. Ugh. Oh um, man, that's that's really unpopular. As a matter of fact, the county fire commissioner had to get on television, and I would not want that. Seriously, Keith, I would not want that man's job. Mm. He would think he was suggesting that we sacrifice virgins on the White House steps mm. and burn the American flag and and make make us all become vegetarians. Because he was there saying, look, I am telling you, well, we got the fire department out there. It's like, he said, look, he said, all I need is one errant spark, and this entire county is going up like a firecracker. Mm. Yeah, I'll give him credit. He held his ground. He said, nope, I am responsible for the health and safety of, like, I think, of 4 million people in uh, Jefferson County. That's where we were, which is right outside of Denver. And I said, I ain't doing it. You know, fire me, fire. He actually got that. He said, do you want to fire me? Fire me. Go ahead. But I'm not authorizing. I am telling you it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, give, hey, give him credits for you know standing up for his beliefs and that. Uh, you know, so they did. We didn't have them. I watched the Macy's fireworks display from New York on TV. I don't know if you saw any of that. No, Go, let people know. Which was awesome. That the, the Macy's fireworks was on the hut. Okay, as in Boston, there's a big show on the Hudson River, which by the way they stole from us. <laughs> And I watched the U.S. Military Academy Band and Choir play, which was awesome. And I watched that fireworks play on television. Mm-hmm. So, because for whatever reason, NBC, while covering the New York fireworks play, did not cover the Boston Pops outside of Boston. And I'm very upset about that. I think I've been discriminated against. I think I'm going to sue. Really? Nope, you cannot see the Boston Pop Fireworks Show outside of Metro Boston. Well, they 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 streamed it online. I I, I heard you know Channel Five usually oh. covers it. It wasn't on Channel Five, and I heard I heard some people griping, but I heard people who are geeks like me. They said it wasn't bad to be able to watch it over the internet. The coverage was you know just a lot. Of people just couldn't find it, and there are a lot of people who don't have internet, which is true. So there's a good chance next year that it will be back on local TV. It's just going to be who's going to pick that up. Now, for years, Liberty Mutual has paid yeah. for the sponsorship of the Boston Pops whole fiesta. Um, I think Liberty Mutual dropped out, and I believe they had picked up a new major sponsor this year. Um, and if they felt the heat from not being on local TV, I'm pretty sure they're going to – they'll make sure that they're they're on local TV next year. They probably thought that more people were going to – because sometimes internet people like me are ignorant to those who aren't on the internet and say, oh, yeah, there's a ton of people who are watching it. you got to realize that there's people without it and, and that they want to see it 
And um, you know, it's like the marathon. You know, it, it, it's on three. It's on three networks. The marathon runs on all three local networks when they run it. Yeah. Um, Tall Ships was featured on Fox and Seven, and some part of it was on Four. The parade was on Four. Um, so I, I, I think next year, I think I know people were upset, but I think you'll see next year that the the Fourth of July festivities will be televised on TV. Um. <coughs> Real quick, uh, I got to let Ken talk about this because Donald Trump Jr. has just released the entire email chain and says he's completely transparent, uh, this, 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 about the whole thing about the Russians um, approaching his dad with information regarding Hillary Clinton and, 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 and trying to influence this election. So I'm going to let Ken get into this and explain this whole thing, because right now Donald Trump Jr. is trying to pass this off like it's no big deal. So I'll let you right. get okay. for, for those of you who don't know what uh, – for the three of you who are slipping into rocks, let me give you a brief recap. What happened was there was an attorney whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm from – I got a bad last name. But anyway, contacted Donald Trump Jr. I'll make very clear I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. Not the president. The president's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr. And said that he had some dirt on Hillary Clinton. Could he stop by? She stopped by. He said, fine. He then set up a meeting in Trump Tower, a day where Donald Trump was in residence. Mm-hmm. Although, according to the latest reports, he wasn't in the room, although we don't know that, with this reporter and Jared Kirshner, who is Donald Trump Jr.'s brother in law, married to Ivanka, and the campaign manager. This is the important thing because neither at that time. Neither Donald Trump Jr. nor Garrett Kirsten had official roles in the campaign. And the campaign chairman to talk about the dirt, Hillary – he said he was very interested in getting Hillary, uh, dirt on Hillary Trump, and he'd be willing to pay for it and help her with anything she needed. Mm-hmm. She has had several uh, – she is well known to have contact with the Russian government, especially Vladimir Putin's office. And she said in the email – and this is the key thing, people, that somehow has been ignored – but she wanted to talk about U.S. sanctions on Russia mm-hmm. in exchange for the dirt, and he said yes, and that was the meeting about. Now, according to Donald Trump Jr., when he got there, she didn't have the goods that he wanted, allegedly, and they spent the entire time talking about Russian adoption. Okay, And he claims Donald Trump was never in the room, and all I got to say about that is if you believe that, Lovely bridge in Brooklyn, I'm dying to sell you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Keith, you're a married man, okay? Yep. I'm going to translate this into – I got this from Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. Imagine if you were like got a message on Tinder for a hookup, okay? And you mm-hmm. went to go to that meeting because you thought you were getting some sex. And it turns out <laughs> you only want to talk about Jesus. How would your wife respond to that? <laughs> okay. Yep. I don't think – granted, I don't know, know her nearly as well as you do, but I pretty much trust she ain't going to be happy. Okay? Mm-hmm. So basically Donald Trump Jr. has openly said, and I have not seen the entire email chain, that he went there to exchange in, to exchange. Potential relief from sanctions for dirt on Hillary Clinton, but didn't get it. So I was going out to commit a felony, but I couldn't do it because she didn't have the goods. 
Oh, this gets funnier and funnier every day. Between this and the Rob Kardashian and Black China, which I'm not even going to bother mentioning, I'm just, I can't believe that we've gotten five days into this whole Okay, can I ask a dumb question? I must be the only person in the universe who doesn't understand this entire debacle. Because when I think of China, I think of two things. One, uh-huh. my grandmother's dishware. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to look at it. I was afraid I might crack it. Uh. We never ate off, by the way. It's always in a China closet. You know, 40 years, the dishes never went out of the China closet. Mm-hmm. And of course, the former professional wrestler by that name, the ninth wonder of the world. You know, who is black China, and why do I care that she used to screw a Kardashian if she did, in fact, screw a Kardashian? Well, she had a, she had a, well here's the thing. She's one of these chicks who was a video hoe, and she got her name for herself for popping up in music videos and sleeping with rappers. And then she hooked up with Rob Kardashian. Um, she was a stripper. And long story short, she hooked up with Rob Kardashian. She made the name for herself. She got knocked up. They had a kid. They were supposed to have a reality TV show. The reality TV show fell through. Their relationship went bad. And Rob Kardashian was cyberbullying her because he was posting pictures of her that she had sent them privately over the Internet. Um, and I guess in some states, some states, uh, revenge porn is illegal. They both live in California. Revenge porn is illegal. I guess it's not legal here. Um I mean, it's you, it, there's no law for it here in Massachusetts. So if somebody posts pictures of somebody revenge porn on the internet, you can't be charged because it's there's no law here against it. Um, but in California, there is a law against revenge porn. Um, she's all pissed off and filed all, all types of lawsuits and been all over the media because he filed posted pictures of her. But part of me is like, you were a stripper. Everybody's seen you naked before. What's the big deal? It's you know, there's pictures all over the internet of you naked when you Google her name. So what's the big deal? She says because they're private, blah blah blah. Whatever. I, I just don't think that this story justifies being in the me- top media stories of the day. I mean, like you've got major media outlets posting about this story. Like today was she's got a restate she was allowed a restraining order because he carried a gun. And he has a bad temper, so she was allowed a restraining order against him. Um, well, you can get a restraining order for anything. I mean, so, yeah, I, yeah, of course. I, I get it, but I, I just don't think that they're not even A-list celebrities. And, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, Melissa from Hot 96.9, she was on my Facebook page today. She was, you know, we were going back and forth about it. And she says, you know, I'm one of those one people out of 100 people who love these stories of drama. And, and it's the reason why shows like I Love Hip Hop and Real Housewives of Atlanta and all these shows are so popular is because people are thriving on the drama. You know, people are loving the drama, and that's why it's made our way into, you know, our mainstream news media outlets because people love the drama. And I'm, I'm one of these guys. Look, I loved Real World when it first started. When Real World first came on, I loved the whole show that Mary Bunham Ellis had started. It was, it was a social experiment. It was to put 10 people in a house and, and, you know, nine people in the house and, and forced them to get along. And they were completely, they always made sure was, they were nine people who were completely different. Um, and, you know, it was it was fun to watch the social experiment because you put these nine people in the house and then, well, uh, seven actually. And um, you put them in the house and what happens is, is once the walls, the barriers are down and the real people started to show out themselves, you know, then you had these, these incidents. The show took a drastic turn 
when they decided to go real, real, real world New Orleans and they started to introduce the party atmosphere and the drinking to the roommates, you know, instead of all these social conscious things that they put them in these situations, they introduced the partying aspect and then they turned into everybody sleeping with each other and all types of drama and fights and all this crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And then the shows. Dude, really... They were doing it in San Francisco. The second season they were doing that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as New, New Orleans set the tone. And then Boston, they came to Boston. It was it was a hundred times worse in Boston. It was so bad that one of the kids got punched in the eye and had to have surgery. And they were sending them to bars, and it got it got so bad for the real world that these guys were trying to go out to places and they weren't allowed to go into bars because they just didn't want the hassle of the fights and people, you know. Attacking them and stuff like that. I, in, in granted, San Francisco had its drama, but that was mainly because of Puck. And the San Francisco show was a big issue because you had Puck, who was a wild child, right? Who was all over Pedro, who was the gay Latino guy. And at that time, at that time, when you had that San Francisco show, remember, you you, you know, Pedro was a big deal for. for yeah, he also had AIDS. You got to remember that. He, yes, he, had AIDS. AIDS. he had AIDS. He was a, a Latino gay guy. And at that time, you know, machismo for Latino men was just, you know, there was this big machismo thing with Latino men, and this guy was on the show, and he was gay. His gay lover had come to visit on the show, and then there was the whole thing with Puck saying stuff, and, you know, there was there was still that social consciousness was still there for the show. Like I said, it was, it was when they went to New Orleans during Mardi Gras, that was when the show took a major, major turn. And and it was the same with Big Brother, and so on. Um, the only show where they stayed true to to stuff is my other show is my is my Survivor, which I love. I love Survivor. Oh, um, please, Survivor! You know, go ahead, say what you got to say. Survivor was Survivor was manufactured crap from day one. No way. Oh, please. Well, how? Tell me how. Village has voted it or whatever. Tell me how. Come it's, on. That show has supplied me with more surprises than any other reality show in the history of reality shows. The swerves, the double crosses, and I and I have to toot our horns for those who are listening on the internet. I have to toot our horns and say, hey, when it comes to Survivor, New England is is at the top. We've got the most wins. Um, we've had the, the the people who went the most deepest, uh, the first. Winner for Survivor came from right here in New England. Granted, he's now in jail <laughs> um, for tax but, evasion. Uh, for tax evasion, and uh, he went. To, he also went to jail for child abuse, also too. Um, Not bad. I heard about the tax evasion. Yeah, he got he got popped for child abuse. Um, there was an issue there with that. Um, we have Boston Rob who went deep and was on the show. I want to say three times. Boston Rob was on. Uh, he went deep, and you know he met the love of his life on that show. Um, we had a woman from New England. She went real far. And the other thing, too, is that for a show that you would think men would dominate, um, I forget the guy's name from Texas who was one of the best guys ever to play the game, but um, women have been very, very strong in the show Survivor when it comes down to being, you know, being bitchy to, and... Out, I, no, I don't say. I, I would mean, not I say. Mean, no, I wouldn't say it's the fact that women are bitchy. I I think that women. Well, I'm glad that show is bitchy. I mean, that's what I got. I feel like I'm back in high school. I, I really. I, 
I feel that what it is with Survivor and why women are so strong on that show is because men dominate the athletic part of that show. And the first part of that show early on is about athleticism and, and advancing. But when you get down to where you're, if you can make it past that athleticism part of it, and when it starts getting down to where you have to be socially conscious and be able to maneuver yourself into partnerships and things like that, where you have to get down to like that final three, that's where the women seem to dominate the men. The, the women are more in tune with trying to, 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 to get, to get into that position where they get a partner, they, they they stay loyal, and I find that women, I find that women in the show are more loyal to the people that they choose to hook up with, to get them to that to that final spot. Um, I've seen so many guys, you know, double cross and it doesn't pay off, and you know, guys are real quick to throw in the towel on other people that they've had you know alliances with, and I love the show. I, I I mean, to say that it's orchestrated and and I I don't think it is. I mean. We had a guy that that was blowing on fire, and he, you know, passed out and you know got burnt. We've had people that have almost died on that show, um, with 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 instance, we've had people get poisoned and had to have them their themselves urinated on to save their lives. Um, I mean, I, I like the show. I mean, Mark Chappetta, who's a good friend of our show, Mark Chappetta actually had got a talk to try to try to try, try yeah. out show um i never heard where that went I'd, I'd like to follow up with him and see what happened with that but again they never called them they never they never would give them the time to back. i know i i went down and i he was on the list but never got called for the final yeah, crowd I, I went down and i went down the year after boston rob and i went down to um jordan's furniture not in avon but um the one that has the big um, it has the Fuddruckers and the mom and Denim. I went out there and stood in line. I filled out my paperwork. I did get called for one interview, um, and I had to cut a tape and send the tape in, and that was as far as I got. Um, after a while, I did. There is one thing. Okay, I, 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 I got to retract here. There is one thing about Survivor that I think is fixed to a point. I'm going to say this. And, and, and I, I apologize to Ken because there is one part that I do think is fixed. I think the part of picking the people now with the show is is kind of fixed. And, and it, I think when it, what happened was was when they started picking people who were already rich and celebrities before they had Celebrity Survivor, they started getting people who were like retired NFL players or retired baseball players. And these were they manipulated you. Yeah, there's no question yeah, about they, that. They didn't need the money. And I remember the first guy that they picked that was um, – he was a retired pitcher from – I forget what baseball team he was on. And he was picked. And I remember the first thing that happened was, was that the people turned on him. Everybody, when they found out the secret was out, they turned on him because they felt the same way that I did. This show was supposed to be for people who needed the million dollars – why right. is this guy on this show? And you Well, know, I mean, that's the same thing with... I don't know if you ever watched Hell's Kitchen. No. Um, I've, yeah, I have seen it. That's Gordon Ramsay's show on Fox, right? right? I've exactly. seen a couple of episodes. Right. Well, here's the thing. What you did, what I watched the first two seasons and got me infuriated was... So, for those of you who don't know what Hell's Kitchen is, Gordon Ramsay brings in 12 people, supposedly, from the general public. The grand, the grand prize is always, like, you know, a job at his restaurant or opening your own restaurant, whatever. And you're supposed to be an amateur. But in every season, there's one or two people who are professional, like, subject. 
sous chefs or something like that, and they always end up winning. Well, of course they're going to win. You know, the other people are just cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. And that just drove me crazy. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens because uh, it, it's one of those things where you know Survivor has been on a long time, um, and they've had so many different types of experiments with the show. And it's nice to watch the show when it fails. They had Battle of the Sexes, and it was so bad for the women in that first batch of rounds because of the athleticism. They had to change it up. Then they had. Um, the Battle of the Ages, where they had the, you know, the geriatrics, so to say, right. the older group against the younger group. That that season failed miserably, um, and it didn't get exciting until they they were forced to have to mix the groups again because the, the you know the younger the younger kids were just destroying uh, the geriatric group. So, you know, it was it was a social experiment, and you know, Mark Burnham is you know Burnham is. Uh, you know he's 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 held in this show for the longest time. It's it's been a staple of CBS for the longest time. Um, one of the things I'm a big fan of is the um, the exotic locations of where they picked the show, um, and it's also led to some you know copycat shows. Someone told me if I like Survivor, they've told me to check out some show where they put the people nude. They dropped them off naked, their- naked and alone. Never watched it. Isn't it good? I know. Um, horrible. I think, Tony, I think Tony's a big fan of that show. It's freaking horrible. I want to say Tony was telling me to watch that show. I I it's just couldn't. Freaking horrible. Is it? Really? Like, I, I look. I have friends really, of mine who are. Did he really are, drop them off and naked in the wild? Well, technically they're naked and technically they're in the wild, but there's a whole crew behind them. Mm-hmm. They have an emergency crew behind them, and when they're not filming, they're given clothing and shelter. Um. Now, if I'm not mistaken, one of these shows like Naked in the Wild, didn't somebody get attacked by an animal? A bunch of them had, yeah. There's uh, Alone. There's a bunch of shows like that that got attacked by animals. But here, look, I have friends of mine who are outdoor experts. These are people uh-huh. who camp, do extreme camping, and they're all saying I, – I have like one friend of mine because one mm-hmm. time they were out in Alaska in the summertime, and they go, I know where they are. That's Alaska State Park. I am telling you, if you slept out naked, you'd freeze it up. You'd die of hypothermia. Because mm-hmm. it gets so cold at night. I don't care if summertime. There's no way you can survive mm-hmm. one night, much less 30 days naked. He just couldn't do it. He said, I, he couldn't do it. So that's all bullshit. I mean, mm-hmm. they're naked for when the time they're ca- on camera, but the rest of the time they're not. Yeah. I, like I said, you know, and a lot of people don't know this about me. I do have a, a slight disability. Um, I suffer from um, – I have Raynaud's. So a lot of people don't uh, – okay, let's say this. People who do know me and have shaken hands with me will know that – will tell you, oh, yeah, Keith Hayes has rain odds. Um, in the wintertime, it's more pronounced. Um, yeah. It's a disease where uh, you lose circulation in your fingertips when it's – now, the summertime, I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. I'm a good – I'm good to go. Um, but once we get into the first frost of October, November, December, January, February yeah. – um, I have to be very careful and wary of what I do with my fingertips and my hands because of my Raynaud's because um, at one time when I first got it, um, I went to the frozen food section and my fingertips turned blue. And I went to my doctor and she's like, oh, you got a chick disease. And and come to find out that this Raynaud's is very uh, popular. Thank you, babe. My wife, is, my beautiful wife Dawn has just brought me down 
uh, I'm obsessed with this Canada Dry Blackberry Soda that they have now. Um, it's real good um, ginger ale. It's ginger ale, blackberry, and they have a, a cranberry. No, excuse me. There is only – look, Canada Dry Atlantic's two good flavors, uh-huh. ginger ale, the original in the green bottle, and club soda. Do, have you had the blackberry cranberry yet before you condemn no, it? No, I have not, and I you, will not. Ken, Ken you purist. have Ken. I'm a purist. No, no. I, I, there Ken, are certain things you don't screw with in my life. Ken, I was the same way as you when it comes to ginger ale. I was one of these guys that you can flavor whatever soda you want. Just leave ginger ale alone. I was one of those guys. I'm not going to lie. Just like you. The wife bought it for me, um, and she said, just try it. Let's see what it's like. It's selling like crazy. It's It's gotten real popular. Ken. I, I I would not lie to you. If you love ginger ale, um, I I would try. I would try the blackberry cranberry ginger ale. I, I have a feeling you would really like the cranberry ginger ale. I think you'd be real surprised. I'm, I'm gonna I'm uh, look. I'm just gonna put you to the test. Just grab a can. You gotta bring, you gotta bring some by then. Uh, I, I, I think yeah. I think you'd be real surprised and say, "Holy shit, this isn't that bad." And you, no, and you're gonna no, be, no. Okay, gotta understand. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. There are certain culinary rules you don't break. You don't eat bologna sandwiches on white bread with mayonnaise the crust cut off. Don't do it. Okay? You don't put ketchup on a roast beef sandwich. Who puts ketchup on a roast beef sandwich? Oh, Midwest, they do it all the That's time. That's nasty. That, oh, in the Midwest? Yeah, they do that all the time. Oh, it's a Midwest thing? It's a Midwest thing, yeah. Well, that's like me and Dawn. I forget where we went on vacation. And we were trying to find something, and nobody had it. It was, and it was like a jersey. We were, we were in Jersey, weren't we, babe? Pickles. They don't serve pickles on their sandwiches in Jersey. That's bulldinky. I'm from Jersey. We couldn't find any place. We went to a place inside the casino in Jersey, and we asked for pickles on a, on a, on a sub, and they looked at us like we were crazy, and they were like, no, we give you pickles on the side. But they would not. No, you put pickles on a sub. Yeah. Pickles are the universal vegetable. They go with everything. <laughs> it's like mustard. Anytime you get deli meat, you put mustard on it. Oh. Yeah. Not all the time. You, you, you'll have to try the this so this ginger ale. Okay. I, I promise okay. you. I I swear okay. that you will like it. I swear you'll be surprised because okay. I was. The and I'm, okay. I mean, I'm like, well, I mean, there's some weird stuff like like the Philadelphia guys. If you're mm-hmm. in Philly, you always put potato chips on your sam on your sam on your hoagie. Mm-hmm. Never understood that, but it's a big thing in Philly. Mm-hmm. Hams taste better. Not sure I like that, but the Texans or actually a lot of Southerners like putting French fries on their hamburgers. Now we went somewhere where we had some poutine from Canada, and then we went somewhere where they do put the the French fries on the hamburgers. And we like we like that. I'm not a big fan. My brother was a big fan of it, but I can see it done. Okay, it's kind of a weird thing, but not my not my thing. But you know, French fries and hamburger is okay. And of course, you know, Philly's got the got the Philly cheesesteak. I mean, the authentic, not this spray cheese crap. I mean, real cheese. Oh Jesus! Don't tell. Look, I you I remember you blasting me on the air one year. Um, I had to fly somewhere, and I had never had a Philly cheesesteak, and I had a layover in Philadelphia, and I had a cheesesteak inside the airport, and I told you that 
I didn't like my first Philly cheesesteak. It was horrible, blah, 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 blah. And I remember you ripping me apart on the air saying, that's not a, you have to leave the airport. You got right. that cheese whiz crap. Exactly. <laughs> you need to go, no, exactly, exactly. What you need to do is you need to go find some place where they take a hunk of cheese and they put it in the, in the, in the, uh, what they do is, this is how they do it. They take. Well, well a, Westgate a, Mall now has a place from Jersey. It's a chain place, and they're authentic Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah, I know. They're pretty good because yeah. they do the old fashioned ones. You're supposed to take like a Munster or Swiss or whatever, depends on where you are in Philly, mm -hmm. and you take a pot and you coat it with olive oil. Mm -hmm. And then you put the because that will that will make sure the cheese doesn't stick to the pan. Mm -hmm. And then you melt the cheese in the pan and you pour it on the, on the meat. That's how you do it. Okay? None of this cheese whiz crap. Mm. It's like, ugh. It's like I teach you people how to eat. <laughs> it's dying with Philistines here. <laughs> so, as I'm looking, filtering through the playlist, we've got about 15 minutes left of the show. Uh, actually, I need some help with this, with our show. Uh, there's some things I want to update. We've been real busy with this Kevin Jackson thing. So busy that, I'm not going to lie, that it has caused some some production issues with me in the booth that I'm not happy with. Uh, there's some things that I've been wanting to update on our show for the longest time. Our show outro for the show contains a, a voiceover that I need to, like, get rid of because uh, I'm not out in any people, but I just don't want that voiceover anymore. So I have an idea of what I want to do for a voiceover for our show oh, outro. Can, oh, please, can I add some people? I desperately want to say that. But I'll keep my mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd like to. Get I, a, I'm, you know, I, just to show you how much I love Keith Hayes, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about maybe doing one, incorporating like the kids saying something at the end, you know, just to get people to come and just to just to close out the show on a good note, um, something different. I just haven't decided yet. I do have a I do have a brand spanking new intro, uh, but I haven't found the right person to do the rap intro for us um i've got somebody almost right there that i feel comfortable with but i'm i'm not there but the intro when it comes it's going to be it's i've got the music and it's hot <laughs> it's just that we need the right voice for this show and it's going to be ours for a long time and we've had some guys provide us with good intros we have big kurt we've had the expendables uh actually the expendables gave us an exclusive track for the longest time um, the track that you're hearing now comes from Floyd Locksmith, and it's a great tune, but for this show, and this intro, at that time when I heard the song, The Booth from Floyd Locksmith, I was like, oh, I like that. It's laid back. It's kind of, you know, it's laid back. It's kind of sit back, mellow type intro, but I've noticed over the years, even when we were on the XBR, I need something that's just, it gets us going, and and. I need something that just, it's there. It just gets us going. If I'm in a bad mood or a sad mood or whatever mood, it's still going to pump me up. And, um, I, you know, no disrespect to Floyd the Locksmith. We've had that intro for two years now, but it's, it's just, I need, I need that upbeat. I need, I got to get that upbeat back and get us going, um, into a, into a good place. But again, like I said, our outro is, uh, is something that definitely has. Dated, I think the term you're looking for. What's the term? Dated. It, as the wife is sitting here. Hey, I'm just. I'm just the outro is one person. 
the person that did I know the outro is one person. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I know what you're talking about. That was I was trying to be subtle here. <laughs> it's gonna go way back. Look, I would love to have the wife do it. I would love to have the wife do the voiceover, but she won't. It's hot enough to get her on the air. And I still owe Mike Fury um, a bet because we had bet on the NBA Finals and I lost. And Mike Fury is supposed to interview the, the, the person that has been taking over my freaking live, my Facebook live. That all my, She seems to get more attention than me on Facebook live. She's better looking. You're an asshole. <laughs> you walked right into that. Come on. You walked right into that full speed ahead. Oh, by the way, uh, yep. we, uh, we haven't been on the air yet. Yeah. Uh, bit of trivia today. Uh, one July starts the last month without football. Yes, this is the last month without football. Yes, because I need my freaking football. You're correct. Uh, we are already back around to football two a days. Uh, actually, um, here's the rumor going around that this could be Belichick and Brady's last season. I've heard that. But I've... here's the thing, I hear that every year. I think if they win, they bow and I down and go out. Off. I think all I think your top three are going. I think you're going to see Belichick, Brady, and Kraft go at the same time, which will leave Jonathan Kraft to take over his operations. Um, well, Jonathan Kraft basically is. He's pretty much the power behind the throne. He is. Kraft, he is. Kraft pretty much has, has faded. You know, he's still the he's still the front guy. He's still the face. But the day-to-day operations Jonathan pretty much is doing. Yeah, and here's, and here's the thing. I was talking with somebody about that because they were saying – and somebody was saying to me – I forget where I was at. He's like, you're crazy. He goes, once Belichick and Brady go, it's done. I'm like, no, it isn't. I says, this team is set up to go another 10 to 15 years. He's like, well, explain it to me. He's like, how? I go, because Jonathan Kraft has been by his dad's side since day one, since he bought this team. He's going to run his team the same way his dad did. He's already oh, absolutely. to begin with. And Jonathan Kraft is is no slouch to the business. He has the respect of the players. He has the respect of the NFL. This team is not going to skip a beat. It's going to continue on the same pattern that it's going on, and they're going to piss more people off for the next ten years. And right. Belichick has both his sons in place. He also has a coach. You know, his offensive coordinator is a coach that had left and went to Denver, and it didn't work. He came out. back and came back and realized that things are better here. He's going to stay here. And you yeah, have he's the heir apparent. Yep, Belichick's the heir apparent. Yep, you've got you've got a guy behind Brady that's ready to take over and and lead this helm. So I, I think if they go, I think this team is still gonna be hated and it's still gonna go another ten years because they have a system in place that's not going to fail when Jonathan Kraft takes over. And, and I'm surprised that I don't hear a lot of lo- local media talk about that when they talk about these guys stepping down because um it, it's it's a, it's an issue and it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's coming. The, the time is coming. I think if they win the Super Bowl this year, I think Brady says it's time. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think if Brady wins two, he'll be the only quarterback in NFL history to win two sets of back-to-back Super Bowls. Well, we're the first. We're the first team, and JJ is now stealing the show. Hey, hey JJ, how you doing? He's got to go. Our dog JJ just came in from the house, and the fleas have not been that bad. This year, but now I'm looking at. Yep, it's time for JJ to make the trip to PetSmart. Yeah, time to make that trip to PetSmart for JJ. He has fleas, and I just interrupted the show because our dog just came in. 
So, yeah, he's yelling. And so, for those who don't know JJ, he's a rescued husky, and um, he's very vocal. I've never owned a husky before. Oh, huskies and, are vocal. That's and, uh... and, and they're very when they want something, they can tell you what they want by using it. Like right now, she's sitting here with a plate of food, just a plate of food, and he wants her food, and he he likes to, he's like a kid, dude. He cries and he'll bug you till oh yeah till, yeah. Till, no end <laughs> for whatever you had. Um, real funny story as to how we got him, Ken. Um, JJ was one of three dogs who were in a house of a guy in Weymouth who had he got locked up. He, uh, I guess, he was a uh, he had a ton of drunk driving offenses, and I guess he had left the house one day and backed into the neighbor's car. And they immediately called the cops. And I guess he had, so, I guess, I don't know how bad this is, but I guess he had so many drunk driving offenses that when they came and they to the scene and they found him drunk, I guess he went to jail immediately for one year. Now, I'm going to ask you, Ken, how many offenses would someone have to have to where they came to the scene and it, he automatically goes? One well, year. I mean, it could, could be one depending on the severity of the accident. They could have done what's called 58A, which is pretrial detention, but OUI uh -huh. 3 and above is mandatory minimum jail time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they took this. They took this person right away, and the animals were left in the house, um, and there was nobody there to take care of the animals. And they, somebody put out on Facebook that the guy had went to jail, and you know, this is what happened. And the animals were left in the house, and nobody was taking care of them, so they needed somebody to rescue them. So, you know, the wife saw JJ, and she was like, "Oh my God, this is a beautiful husky." There were actually two huskies, two huskies in a in a, a lab. So we went down there and. You know, we rescued JJ, and we had a friend of ours, uh, Carrie and her husband. They rescued the female, the sister of JJ, who um, she actually had got sick, and they actually provided her a great home for for two years before she passed away from um, – she had a tumor in her belly, uh, and she, she passed away. But we've had JJ now for we're – we're headed into three years. He's become a major part of this family. Um, and dogs are weird. Huskies are weird because – um, one thing that I found with him in the beginning was that Huskies are escape artists. I never knew uh, JJ would get out of this house and people would be calling us and he'd be on Facebook and this dog would just get out of this house and go wherever he wanted. And then my mom came to the house and my mom is sick as everyone knows. And um, JJ is taking a liking. He's like a protector of my mom and he's yet to try to get out of this house. Um, when nurses come here or we interview nurses for my mom, J.J. comes in, sniffs them. Um, we've had a couple of nurses come here that J.J. acted completely out of character, and we were like, yeah, we're good. We don't need your services. But um, he's very protective of my mom, and um, we swear by him when people come here. Um, I've had some people come here and say, oh, we can't come in the house unless you put the dog somewhere. I'm like, look, the dog is – yeah, he's a he's a protector of my mom, and he's a good judge of character. Um, if you can't come in here, then we're not going to use your services. So simple, you know, simple as that. Um, but he's very very loyal, and um, it sucks now that he I see him now. He has some fleas, um, which means he's going to go to PetSmart <laughs> because he's a husky, and he's it's real tough to take care of him. And um, we're gonna have to do what we have to do. It looks like yeah, he's, prob he's probably he's probably going to be going tomorrow. As a matter of fact. Well, my brother and sister-in-law just because their dog died died of the last summer, so they yeah. get, they got a new dog, which is a lab German Shepherd mix called Luna. That's a, that's a good mix. That's a pretty good mix. And she is she is all over the place because <clears throat> her their other dog was very old, had arthritis, didn't move around a lot. No way, Luna. Luna likes to just jump around over all the place. You know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And don't well, leave the door open a crack, but she will force her way out. Well, you know what? And, and it, you know, you talk about people with dogs, and you know, I just saw. I, I have a tough time with some people. Sometimes there are some people out there. It, Facebook has brought some of the ugly, and I hate to say this too. Facebook has, with all the positives that Facebook has, Facebook has also brought out the ugliness. And sometimes we see ugliness amongst people that we we've been friends with for years. We've the election was a great example of people who lost friends over views that you didn't think that these people had and all of a sudden you've got a friend that you've been friends with for years and then their views are like holy christ i, I this i've been sitting with this person and friends with this person for years and you know for me i didn't th- you know for me i didn't lose i think i lost during this election i think i lost one friend from all, all my friends on my friends list i think i lost one friend in debating about but everybody else I debated with them over Trump, and I think one of the reasons why I think I didn't lose any friends when it came to debating is because I never stooped to a level where it becomes name-calling and all that, and then the swearing. I feel like if you're debating with somebody something on Facebook, once they go below the belt and start swearing or calling you names, you've won that debate, and it's not even worth debating with them anymore. I leave it. I leave it at that situation. Is Okay, I won my debate because you've now taken it to a place where you're not making anything. Right. You know, um, and that and that's how I feel. Um, but there's a lot of nastiness when it comes to dogs. I don't know about you, Ken, but you know, I feel like a pet is a part of the family. And you oh have, yeah, yeah. You have people out there who don't feel that way, and I got to ask you this from a legal aspect. I feel, and I see it coming. Um, and I know we're we're at eight o'clock right now, but I got to ask Ken this because I see it coming. Um, pets, um, right now. There's a lot of places now, and the and, and jobs are now allowing pets as a dependent. They're allowing pets on health insurance and auto insurance for for, for medical stuff um, for vet, vet, veterinarian costs. Um, but I, I think we're not far. I think legal from a legal aspect, I think we're not far away from seeing pets accepted as I don't want to say a child, but as a family member, I think legally we're going to see – has this been well, brought to the yet where somebody has taken their job to court and have said, look, my, my, I've had my pet. My pet are like my kids. You know, I feel like I need – that, that, but, you know, well, first of all, service animals are now allowed because they are deemed to be people who have service animals. They've really expanded mm-hmm. what qualifies as a service animal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of. Ho- I think I think the private sector is a little far ahead of the government on this because there are a lot of hotels right now who have now what they call pet friendly rooms. Yeah. Like, like for example, I went to a wedding last weekend, and my friend brought his dog, and he had to get a pet friendly room. There aren't a lot of them, but they're there. Right. So I think I mean like, and I flew back from Colorado. There was a dog in front of me, really well behaved. Didn't even know it was there. So well, I can you? Of- well, can you do me a favor? Can Can we? Because I, I have a lot of friends and a lot of people who listen to the show, and I, I have some people. I mean, Lynn, Dawn's sister, she owns three dogs, and she's very, very you know loyal. Can you do some legal checking and just see if there has been this type of thing? And, sure. and maybe talk about it next week. We, we'll see sure. about Find um, out what the status of pets are. Because it's working, right, working, right. Yeah, regarding workplace with people getting time off for care of their dogs. Is this on the right. way? Is this coming? You know, is this something? Yeah. That, Pet owners should know. Well, and, and, for example, you know, we Massachusetts has had on the books for years cruelty to animal statutes. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that a, that a person for a loss of a dog? Is there some way? I mean, for a service animal, maybe, but is there a way that a person could legit get time off? 
for the loss of a pet if they had to legally? Is there um, probably you, could because you could make wanna... an argument that it's a mental health issue. Okay. Okay. It's you, you know, know grieving depression. I have it. to look into it. I, you know, it may be one of those things where it, that where it's covered under something else. Like, there's no right, you know, take time off for a pet. But if you got a mental health crisis, you're getting depressed. That could be it. You know. Okay. All right. We're gonna let Ken. We're gonna let Ken is Ken's assignment. I think when, when we come back next week, I think we're gonna bring that up as a topic. You know, pets. Okay. And how, you know that that legal aspect. You know, because there have been people who've been fired from their job because they took time off because of, you know, pet care. Um, and I feel that this is coming. I think this is the, the pet care and pets as a, as a family member. I think it's coming. I think you're going to see this hit the workforce within the next five years. So, and then next week, Hey, I'm going to write this down uh, before we get out of here. I have to talk about automation, uh, Google. Me and Ken talked about this and how automation is going to be taken over soon. Um, Google big news this week, the gentleman, who died in the the Google self-driving car um, where the truck turned in front of him and he hit the truck and died and they, they had to stop the program and everything and everybody thought that this was the death of automated cars. Um, the report is in. The study is in. This gentleman who was driving this car and testing it um, before it had 10 alerts telling him to take the wheel. Now, with these automated cars, if there's something that can cause impact, there is an alert system that tells you that you need to take control of the car and take the wheel because there's something that the, the automated system can't get you out of, and this gentleman did not take the wheel. He ignored the um, the alerts, and he lost his life. Now, the rumor was was he was sleeping in the car while it was driving, so... Let's see what happens because um, I think this this news is huge, and I think Google is going to be right back into this full force now that they've gotten this news. It sucks that the guy died. It, it trust me, it does. It sucks. It's horrible. Um, but the fact that he ignored the ten alerts prior the impact, um, I think that's big for for automation of vehicles. So we'll see what happens. So um, we gotta get ready to get out of here. I'm gonna let Ken say his goodbyes first. Well, I'd like to say goodbye to all of our listeners, all 12 of them. Big shout-out to my nephew, Eli, who turned 12 on July 6th. And for all the rest of you guys, stay cool. It's miserable outside. Yeah, we got a lot of, we got some rain on the way. Um, we're trying to go away to the Cape for the weekend, and we're hearing that we might have one day that we'll be able to salvage um, out of this rain. Um, I know I have Travis Partington, his Thursday night show, Oscar Mike Radio. You want to check him out, make sure you check it out. Kevin Jackson Radio. You want to make sure you're checking out everything that's going on. Hoobers. We got a lot of big things coming down the pipe. Like I said, I apologize at the booth. We've, we've had some shows here that we've had to take some time off because production-wise, we've got some stuff we've got going on behind the scenes that's just bigger and better, and we're headed in the right direction. Just just please, please, please bear with us. It's, it's, it's all coming together, finally. Um, but other than that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, you know what, SpongeBob, don't worry about it. You're not going anywhere on the outro. You're sticking with us. Uh, your job is safe, but we are changing our outro. But SpongeBob, you can still do me that favor. Take us. Well, see you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to the booth at Wibazoo.com. Please make sure to tune in for more Booth next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. New York Eastern Standard Time. Become a fan on their Facebook page and check out their podcast on iTunes. The Booth is hosted by Sinister One, Z-Man, and Ken Diesel.
start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Who? 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 Who?